y'all so i want to welcome you to a new episode of crowning combos where every jewel you receive here gets you one step closer to receiving your crown from god now y'all these jewels are not intended for you to just take put them in your pocket save them for a rainy day but what you want to do is take them back and start your own conversation with god where you will receive insight instruction and increase i'm your host Aaliyah, and i'm so happy to be back with you guys so y'all first off i'm happy to be back on camera right so if you guys have watched the last two episodes you will know that we have started a new series called being faithful in confusion and in both both of those episodes i was not on the screen well <clears throat> the reason for that is because when i record those are the very first two episodes that i ever recorded outside of my like practicing in my play um episodes those are the first two that i recorded and if you watched my very first one that I posted, you will know that I was shy and I was back and forth on whether I wanted to be on screen or whether I didn't want to be on screen. But when um, when it came through for me that I had, I received the blessing that I received for my house, I had to tell somebody. So I was like, well, Lord, I ain't ready to be on camera yet, but I'm going to go ahead and start getting this testimony out because I have to tell people what you just did for me. Like, I... It was so unexpected. I didn't expect him to do it. I didn't know if it would happen or not. And so when it happened, I just, I had to glorify him. And this is, that was the way that I decided to honor him was to start the project that he told me to start, which was this podcast, right? So this is the third episode in the Being Faithful and Confusion series. Um, the first two ones, they were recorded. And then by the time I recorded those, I was a little bit comfortable being on camera so these two i'm recording now like in october and i was back and forth about whether i wanted to record them on camera or not you know to match the series but listen i'm comfortable being on camera i like my energy on camera and i miss being on camera with you guys so i'm back on camera and we are going to start with the very third episode of the being faithful and confusion series so the last episode posted, I told you guys that um, I had finally told my uncle that I quit my job and he intended to help me, but was not able to. Uh, so I told you guys about the encounters that I was having with God through the lady that I met in the grocery store and then the YouTuber that he had me to set up a consultation with. And so this episode, I'm going to be talking about the continuous um, encounter with the YouTube person because God did have me in partnership with her for a couple days and it was so it was so Holy Spirit led that so much of my life and so much of the content of the new book that is going to be released at the end of this year came from this encounter with this this woman so I feel like I cannot tell about this testimony without mentioning in depth what was going on Right, so I left y'all with, uh, we had a conversation where she was like, what was the last thing God told you to do? And it ended up being this book. So that was on January 15th. So she reached out to me some weeks later. This was on January 26th. She, and I'm going to have to like be reading this y'all because I'm recording on my phone. So I can't read the text on my phone. So I took notes or whatever. So on January 26th, she ended up reaching out to me through text. Hey, how are you? I just wanted to check on you. What's your cash app? 
And I'm like, okay, now at this time, y'all know I'm not working. So I sent her my cash app and she sends me $154.74. And she says, God told her to sow a seed to me. And also she gave me a word and she said, God is going to turn your situation around. God is going to turn your life around in 90 days. Expect him for it. Now, this is on January 26th. I want y'all to remember that. January 26th, because it is going to be very significant at the end. So, um, after she sent me that, I was just like, wild. I was wild. So, we continued conversation and stuff like that. And I ended up sending her a text, and I was like, um, I sent her a text and said, whatever you're doing, keep doing because it's working. And this was the first time that I realized the power of my words, but also I realized that the Holy Spirit used me to speak to people. And because it was the first time, I had no clue like what had just happened. So I told her, I don't know why I said that. I don't know what you're doing. Pray that was from God just now because that was random. Now, she said, wow she was wild because she said the day before she was checking out of a hotel and god had her to leave a note to the housekeeper that said whatever you're doing keep doing it and it was just like okay so now i'm like all right holy spirit i i know that you're moving i know that you're using me with her and you're using her with me so keep going with it so uh she ended up calling me we had a conversation and what I learned was that she was leaving her home in Virginia. She had been living with her father. They weren't getting along. God told her it was time to go. So she went and stayed at a hotel for a couple of days, but now she was at the airport. She had no clue where she was going and God was instructing her to not use any of her money. So much so that he had her send it to me, right? So instead of her being disobedient, and saying, well, you sending me to the airport, but I don't have no ticket and I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to just get me another hotel room until you tell me what to do. She walked by blind faith. She sent me the money and she went to the airport. God told her to go to the airport and she went to the airport. Y'all, I don't think either of us was prepared for what was about to happen. She was going to end up spending the night in that airport. Matter of fact, she stayed in the airport for two nights in a row. And I, I was just in awe. I was in awe at not just her willing to do, willingness to do that because she had a child with her. She had her daughter with her. She might have been like eight, nine years old. So not only did she have the willingness to do that, but she also had the willingness to continue sowing into people and praying for people. She was in the airport ministering to people and laying hands on people and praying over people. And she did this with a cheerful heart. And it was such a humbling experience because I've been homeless before. Like in 2017, I wasn't getting along with my parents, so I had to leave the house. And I had nowhere to go. And I was misplaced for from January to September, September is when I got my apartment. So I was couch surfing. I was staying in my car. I stayed in hotels when I can afford it. And I was traveling back and forth to my best friend's place. And she stayed two hours away. So it wasn't something that I could do every day. So what I had to do was like try to work like Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. And then stay 
the next three days with her and then come back. Not to mention I was still in school at that time as well. So I had been misplaced before and I couldn't do it with a child. I, I would probably be the most disobedient person on this earth because I don't think I could ever experience anything, anything like that with my son. I don't. And as much as I love God, I love my baby. So I couldn't, I couldn't bear to do that. I couldn't bear to do that. So I was just in awe at her willingness to do that because she loved God so much and because she trusted him so much. And let me tell y'all, trusting God does not mean that you have all the answers and you know everything that's about to happen. Trusting God is saying, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust that you will not allow any harm to come to me. And I trust that if you're telling me to do this, then you got a plan for me and you're going to get me through this and you got provision on the other end. Right. So the fact that she trusted God like that, it was such inspiration to me. And it humbled me because I'm somebody who was complaining about working, but I had a house. I had provision for me and my son. We had heat. It was cold. We had heat. We had blankets. We had running water. We wasn't homeless. We wasn't misplaced. So I had to humble myself. Like I, my problem seemed so little to me when I realized what she was doing and what she was going through and what she had a willingness to do. Because um, I don't know what... I know her and her dad didn't, didn't get along. I don't know if he made her get out or if she chose to get out on her own. But bottom line, she left. She left what was comfortable. And she had family in another state. But because of what she stood on, she wasn't willing to just do that. She wasn't willing to just go there. So she stayed in hotels until God told her to don't stay in the hotel but go to the airport. It's time for you to move. So... Um, in all that, when I realized that she was at the airport and she needed to get somewhere, I actually wanted to send the money back to her, but God kept telling me, don't you send that money back. Don't you send that money back. I was going to try to sneak it. I don't know how I thought I was going to try to sneak one over on God, but that's how slow I am. But I was going to try to sneak it back to her. So when it, when it sat in the cash app, I didn't cash app it to myself. I just saved it in my account just in case. He needed me to send it back or I was going to have to send it back. I never sent it back, though. I never had to send it back. And I'm going to tell y'all why. So um, I ended up praying for her. I prayed for her and I let her know by the end of that day, God is going to answer one of your prayers. I don't know what the prayer is that he's going to answer, but you are going to get a prayer answered. So um, we stopped talking for a little minute. But then she texted me later on that day and she was like, please pray for protection over me and baby girl because I'm noticing that the men are being drawn to me in the airport. So I started praying and I told her to call me if she needed me. But we had no clue that God was about to use her to start ministering to the men that was around her. They might have been drawn to her looks. They might have been drawn to her vulnerability, but they had no clue that she was a woman of God. And so they come to talk to her, but she's ministering, she's praying, and she's laying hands on them. And they're experiencing God just through an encounter with her. And we were just like mind blown because it was like three or four different men in there. And she would pray for them and she would lay hands on them and she would talk to them and just minister to them. <clears throat> and it was just all good. And I think one of the men ended up sewing some money into her. So he sent her some money or gave her some money for some food or something like that. So it was just, we were just 
like I said, we were mind blown at what God was doing. So um, during that same time, I remember God had me um, had me in the book of Joshua. And I can't remember the chapter, but it's uh, the story about possessing the land. And so the people, they were in their promised land. They were already, they, they went to Moses about like, we want this land right here. But Moses was like, so you expect that y'all just going to sit here while the rest of the people not fight? Well, so you expect that y'all are just going to sit here and be here, but you know that the rest of the people got to fight and y'all are not going to help. And the men were like, well, no, we just want the land. We'll leave our wives and children here, but we'll help those other people cross over into their promised land and then we'll come back and rest. And so Moses was like, well, if you keep your promise, then this land could be yours. And so that's what it was. These people had reached their promised land. They were at their land of rest, but they knew that they could not rest until they went back and helped the other people that was with them. So they couldn't rest until they got the other team into their promised land. Right. And so um, it ministered to me that God was using her, that while she might have been in her her while she might have been in her promised land, that God still needed her to get to others. God needed her to pull others up with her so that they could get to their promised land. And so we just realized that, listen, we want to rest, but you can't rest. Honey. You, This is not a time for you to be resting. You working right now. But just know that the promise is yours. It has been received and you're going to come back to it. So um, that night, and again, this is all still the 26th. We sat on the phone and we just ministered for hours. And y'all, the Holy Spirit was so present in our encounter. The way that we just threw stuff at us, the way that we just, we recounted what that day was like for us. And what the, the theme of that day ended up being obedience. Like how both of us were obedient. How she specifically was obedient when she left her home. She was obedient when she sold into me. I was obedient when I didn't send it back. She was obedient by staying in the airport and trusting in God. And we just like really understood like obedience is God's love language. Like obedience is his love language. If you want anything from God, be obedient. Trust him and be obedient. That's what's going to make him move. What's going to make him move is you moving in blind faith. God, you want me to apply for that house and you know my, my credit is trash and I don't even have the money? I don't even have a job right now, but you telling me to go apply for that house? That type of obedience, that bold move, that bold faith, that's what's going to get God to move for you. I'm telling y'all now, that's what's going to get him to move for you. And guess what? The thing about God is, even if you made a bold move like that, even if you was wrong, if you was wrong, but you thought that God was telling you to do that, he will move. He will, he will work that into your, into, into your life. He will do good with that. Just because you thought that that's what he was telling you to do. Now, one thing about it, you can't, God knows your heart. So you can't just be making moves and being, well, God, I thought you told me to do this. So that's why I did that. God knows your heart and God knows the true reason by everything that you do. He knows your intentions. He knows your heart's motive when you do things. And so when you move with bold faith and God sees your heart and he knows that you truly, truly feel like you were moving in a way that he wants you to move in a way that he's telling you to move, he will honor you for that. Even if it's wrong, even if it's wrong. So keep that in mind. 
So we continue and, 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 and just understand also when you're obedient, again, God knows your heart. And so God will say, God has said so many times through the Bible that, you know, you feel like, you feel like certain behaviors or certain attitudes is what gets you into God's presence is what, what allows him to call you righteous. But that's not what it is. Cause he done told them people several times in the body, in the Bible, I don't care about your offering. You still go, you, you, you still can't be in my presence. He will disown you. He will disown you if your heart is not in the right place. If you are not moving out of obedience with God, if you are not moving with a good heart, with a kind, with a kind heart, with a heart that is striving to be like God's, you will still be disowned. So yeah, while obedience is God's love language, he is checking your heart. He knows your heart posture. He knows your thought process but behind why you do things. He knows your heart posture. So just like I said in one of the videos, um, imagine like you doing the dishes your parents told you to clean up, but you doing it with a bad attitude. You don't get rewarded for that. You don't get rewarded for being obedient, but not having a good heart posture behind it. But behind not having good but good intentions behind while, why you're moving the way that you're moving. Like you don't, you don't get an A plus for that. But I, I, can't, I can't tell you that. You know, let God tell you that. Let God tell you and show you how that works. If you don't want to believe me. If you want to believe me, then that's cool. But if you don't want to believe me, then God will let you know that. You can do all type of good all day long. But if you don't have the heart posture behind it, the good heart posture behind it, the patient, the one that's filled with grace, the one that's filled with mercy, the one that's willing to honor God, the, the humility behind it. Listen. And I'm telling y'all from somebody who has been doing things for years and I'm like, oh yeah, I know I'm about to, I'm about to get what you told me I'm going to get because I'm doing what you told me to do. But I had a nasty heart behind it and I had a nasty mind behind it and I complained all day long. And don't forget when, um, when the Israelites left Egypt, their trip to their promised land was only supposed to be 11 days. And this is back in Numbers chapter one, I believe. Between the end of Exodus and then Numbers chapter 1. Numbers chapter 1 like recounts the whole thing. Or maybe it's Deuteronomy chapter 1. But they was only supposed to be on their journey for 11 days. But they complained so much. And they were disobedient that they stayed for 40 years. And in that 40 years, God had allowed all the people who left Egypt to die off. Those people was never going to see the promised land. Their kids were the one who were going to see the promised land. The only original people who saw the promised land was Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else was died off, even Moses, and he led them. Moses and his brother Aaron were the people who led them, but because even they were disobedient and because even their faith wasn't strong, God said, y'all will never see the promised land. All of y'all who are here right now, on this journey, y'all will never see the promised land. It's your kids that are going to see it. It's your kids that are going to experience my rest. But y'all will never experience. So I'm telling you, like, being obedient with a good heart is what's going to get you where you're trying to go. It's what's going to get you to where God tells you that he's taking you. 
being obedient and complaining the whole time, being obedient and whining, being obedient and being mad at God, being obedient and being mad at the people that's around you because their life is looking different. Their life is looking like how you think yours is supposed to look. You are going to be on your journey extra long. I wouldn't be surprised if that's why I've been on mine, to be honest. Several journeys that I've been on, I believe if I would have had a different type of mindset towards it and if I would have leaned on God more, I could have definitely had the things that God has promised me. But I wasn't obedient with a good heart. So and that that's not even in my notes. So God, that's a message for somebody. Be obedient with a good heart. Be willing wholeheartedly to do and endure what God is doing with you and where he is taking you. Humble, humility, that's what that is. Being willing to suffer despite all of that. So, um, the very next day, me and her, she ended up texting me randomly. Now, God used her to speak to me. At this time, I was beefing with my best friend again. Y'all don't say nothing because I, I do be beefing with him a lot. But <laughs> don't, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. But I was beefing with him, so I had ghosted him. And she just randomly texted me like, don't be mad. But God says you need to text him and let him know where you are. He had texted me where you at or where, where are you or something like that. And she gave me those words. Like She was like, God says he's asking where are you, so you need to respond. And I was just like, she had no clue any of this was going on. So I'm just like, okay, like, chill on me, God. <laughs> like, you know why I want to ignore him. You know why I don't want to talk to him right now. Chill on me. But I had to go ahead and respond. So I responded that day. But in all honesty, God wasn't really pleased with my answer. So he had me to text him again the next day. And then a couple days after that, he had me to call him and... It was good. Like it things were good for us. Things the conversation was good with us. And he knew I was nervous. I told him, like, I'm nervous talking to you. Like, I don't know why, but I'm nervous. And it was just we laughed, we we talked, and we was in the okay place. But scratch that because that's not what we talk about. So, um now remember y'all, she stayed the night in the twenty sixth, she stayed that night in the airport. The 27th, she stayed that night in the airport. And either in the middle of the night or early morning, security came to her. And they said if she stayed in the airport again, they were going to call CPS and call the police. So we praying. We praying. And I'm telling y'all, I never wanted to send some somebody some money so bad. I'm like, Lord, please let me send this girl this money back. And he's like, no, you better not send that money back. And even she told me, I'm, I'm, I don't, I think she ended up blocking me on Cash App because she was like, you can't send that back to me. I'm pretty sure she blocked me. She either said she was gonna block me or she actually did block me to where I couldn't send it back. And I was hurting behind that because y'all, you gotta know me to know I don't play about no kids. If you ever have a child and you around me, your baby is safe. Your child is safe. I don't, that child ain't got to be no type of relation to me. Your child is safe. I don't play about kids. So I was really hurting that I couldn't help them. I wanted to help her baby. And 
God just would not allow me. God was doing the thing. God was doing the thing. And we just had to trust it. it we just had to trust him, y'all. So that night, um, the 27th that night, I ended up praying for her. I prayed for her. I prayed for several people. Now, y'all, I've interceded on people on people's behalf before. And to intercede means to just pray, like stand in the gap, like cover them in prayer. You know, right? Like go, go to God on their behalf. So I've done that several times. And sometimes when I do that, I will have God tell me exactly what it is that I need to pray for. Like if there is a certain thing that I need to pray about, if there's a certain demon that need to be casted out, if there's like whatever it is, Tell me, because I want to name it out. I want to call it out. So that night, God gave me a set of scriptures for her. And then he also gave me a dream. Now, y'all, I'm also a dreamer. I don't know if I'll ever tell y'all some of my dreams, but I'm also a dreamer. And my dreams are not just like, they're not just, oh, a spider means this, a spider means that. Like, God gives me scriptures behind my dreams. God gives me a deeper meaning. I Any of my dreams, I can't go on Google and look them up. Like, I really have to ask God, okay, God, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? So God gave me a dream as well, and he used somebody to symbolize her. She's from Florida, so he used an artist that's from Florida, and it was just so crazy. So... When he, when I had the dream, when I had the scripture, I was really nervous about telling her the next day because it was so bad. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to tell her this bad news and stuff like that. She didn't ask me to pray for her. I didn't ask her to pray for me. I don't want to tell her this bad thing that you want me to tell her. But she ended up delivering me, delivering the message to me. And I'm going to tell you all about that. But for me, I ended up telling her what the message was. And she started crying. It hit her. She knew exactly what I was talking about. Apparently, she had done something that she wasn't supposed to be doing. And God had been trying to get to her heart to address it to her with her. And she was ignoring it. So she was acting like it was it didn't happen. And God used me in that moment to deliver her from that. So let me tell y'all, and I think I spoke about deliverance before, but deliverance is really just saying it out loud to God. Y'all, everything that we do, everything that we think, God already knows about it. So when we sin, but we allow the devil to condemn us and now we feel so guilty. Now we feel like we not worth it to go back into God's presence. That ain't what he wants you to do. What he wants you to do is say, God, I messed up so bad. Like I should have never did that. I know you didn't want me to do that. I'm so sorry. And then that's it. He done. He done forgot about it. He ain't going to never bring it up to you again. Don't allow yourself to be condemned by your actions. We are humans. The only certain in this world is God is perfect and we are not. So we are always going to mess up. The goal is to strive to be as close to Christ as we can, but we're human and we will make we will make mistakes. When you make your mistake, take it back to God and say, God, I messed up and I'm sorry because I shouldn't have did it. Please grace me and give me instruction on how to deal with this thing, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Ask God to show you how to deal with it so that the next time you are tested or the next time the enemy comes to you with it, you know how to fight it off. You know how to get out of there, right? So 
All she needed to do was have a conversation with God. <clears throat> Let me tell y'all how fast God works. We get off the phone. She's crying. She's out going to go pray. We get off the phone. Two hours later, she texts me and says she has been accepted into a homeless shelter. So we're happy. So she's waiting for a police officer to get there to see if they will take her to the homeless shelter. Do you know a police officer came and bought her and her daughter two train tickets to get back to Florida, where she's originally from? This all happened within two hours, y'all. Two hours after her having a conversation with God and saying whatever she needed to say about what she had been holding inside. Within two hours, she had two train tickets to get back home to Florida. Deliverance. And, and that's how fast deliverance works. All you got to do is confess it out your mouth to God and you are covered. He's going to move like never before. And he moved on her behalf. Two hours, y'all. Two hours. We had the initial conversation like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. By 1.15, she was calling me saying she had train tickets. That night, she's on her way back home. She's on the train. Now, that's the night I ended up asking her to pray for me because I was kind of like trying to figure out what this season of my life was supposed to be, right? I'm not working. Um not in a good place mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like, But I started trying to understand, like, I think this is where God want me to be, I guess. I think this is where he's showing me. So she sent me a message the next day. Now, the message that she typed to me was talking about insecurities um, regarding myself, about like how I thought about myself physically, how I looked and stuff like that. And what I felt like God was telling me was about my insecurities in the position that I was in. So it was close. It was very much similar. God was trying to show me what is your security in? What is it that you trust in? Right? Because the opposite of insecurity is the security, right? So what do you feel secure in? You shouldn't feel secure that you have a job. You shouldn't be secure in having valuables and having a car and having a house. You should be secure in me and me only because any of those things could be taken away at any point in time. And then where is your security going to be at? So God was trying to show me that I was secure in all the wrong things. And that is like one of the next uh, episodes that I'm going to talk about. That's going to be one of the next topics that I talk about after this series is over. What are you secure in? Where are you placing your security? Like, what are you finding that's like so valuable to you? Because it shouldn't be material things and it shouldn't be yourself. It should be God and God alone. Because only he can move mountains. Only he can cover you. Any of the things that we place security in, people, clothes, shoes, material things, houses, cars, your education, any of those things that you place security in can be taken away from you. And then what? Nothing. Then you're going to have to fall back on something. And the only thing that can, can stand there like a rock is God. So that's what God was showing me. That's what this season of my life was about. I was placing my security in all the wrong things. And he needed to humble me. So this was on the 29th. Now, her and I talked. We felt really like close. We felt really close. But in all honesty, we had a fear because 
God don't always be God again. How I've told you, your encounters you don't know if an encounter is a long term encounter or a short term encounter. So we had a peace about us, but we also really felt like it was going to be a short term encounter. Like we did not feel like we was gonna be lifelong best friends. We wanted that, but it it just didn't feel that right that way. And I remember that night she texted me and she was like. Have you asked God, like, how long we supposed to be in each other's lives? And I told her, I asked him. He didn't give me a date yet, but I don't think it's going to be long term. So before I went to bed, I asked God about it. And he sent me to Zacchaeus. He sent me to Luke chapter 19, verse 5 through 10. Now, I talked to y'all about this before. Y'all remember Zacchaeus, the, the guy that climbed the tree, wanting to be wanting to see Jesus and Jesus was like, you need to come down because I need to be a guest in your house today. And when he got to the house, Zacchaeus just started confessing, Lord, if I have done anything wrong, I will make it right. And I will pay these people back four times the amount that I took from them. Deliverance, right? So as soon as he confessed himself to God, God said, a man has been saved. So in that moment, God was telling me, we had served our purpose in each other's lives. We was only needed to deliver each other from what was holding us bondage. After that, we was going to cut ties. And so the next day, on the, 20, on the 30th, we said our goodbyes to each other. We loved each other so much. We thanked each other for the experience. It's an experience that I still like. I've, I've felt nothing like it before. So... We stopped talking. We did end up connecting again, but God has taken us out of each other's lives again. So again, it's not, we loved each other <laughs> enough to keep trying to be friends, but God was like, no, nah, that's not, that encounter is done with, is done with. So um, we are not friends right now. I still love her very much. I, and I, st I actually just prayed for her before this episode because I knew that I was going to be talking about her and I just wanted to make sure that she was covered wherever she was. So that was the end of it. January 30th, that was it. Um, but it, and again, this experience was so important to me to mention because so much of my book is about how we waste so much time like waiting for the next big thing to happen. And we're always waiting for more and more and more new, 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 more money, more clothes, a bigger bank account more jewelry like we're always waiting for the next best thing but there's somebody who doesn't have nothing and they're making the most of what they have and and that's the humble spirit that god is wanting to us to be in because we have to know that he is the only true provider us that job where you're making three hundred thousand dollars a year that's not your provider because you can lose that and you do y'all see all these layoffs that are happening that can be taken away from you. Then what are you secure in? Then what's going to be your foundation? Those things can, can break. Those things can be moved. You're going to lose it. If you ain't trusting in God, you're going to lose it when you lose that stuff. You are going to lose your mind. So I appreciate this experience with her. And I appreciate seeing that even with the little that she had she was able to bless me she was able to bless the people that was in the airport and she was still able to be obedient 
it was it was really a blessing to see y'all because I know me and I know I couldn't do that. So the boldness that she had to do that walk, it was amazing. So y'all, that concludes this episode of the Being Faithful in Confusion series. In the next episode, we are going to be talking about my book. Now, not necessarily the contents of the book, but my book deal. Yes, y'all, I got a publishing deal. So that's why I keep saying that the book is gonna be out by the end of this year. But we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about something else that God blessed me with in this in this season where when I got the book deal, God also blessed me with something else. So it's, it's just going to blow y'all's mind when y'all see how everything came together and how obedience really is God's love language and really is what's going to get God to move on your behalf. So the jewel of the day. Um... obedience um i know that was the last jewel of the day too but i feel like because this was the the encounter with her was so built on obedience um i i i think it should be obedience and understanding obedience with a good heart is what makes god move obedience with a good heart is what makes God move. You can do good all day long. You can do what he tell you to do all day long. But if you don't have a good spirit behind it, you don't have a good mind behind it, and you nasty about it inside, you're not going to make it nowhere. He's not going to take you where he's trying to take you. And you could try to hide your feelings all day long, but God knows your heart. God doesn't expect perfection. God doesn't expect for you to never mess up. He expects you to, to move with a good heart. I'm going to say it like this. God is about to move me into my new season. And I'm not perfect. And I'm still messing up. But because of my heart posture change. And because he sees how genuine I am about certain things that I say. And certain things that I feel now. He's like, you're ready. Even though I don't feel like I'm ready. Even though the people around me might not feel like I'm ready. But because God see my heart. And he sees how, how hard I really am working to change and shift certain uh, mindsets that I have and ways of thinking that I have. God is moving me. He is watching me and he is moving me and he is still proud of me. Even with me making mistakes, he is still proud of me. Because of my heart posture. Because my willingness to obey him and, and have a good heart behind it. So that's the jewel of the day. Be obedient with a good heart. So peace, love, and blessings to you all. And I will see y'all on the next episode.